One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, good morning and welcome to the Scottish Sun podcast with myself, Robert Grieve, and with me today, Colin Duncan and Gareth Law. It's the Monday morning after the weekend before with so much happening, obviously, with the Scottish Cup final. Huge controversy after a dramatic game. Colin, what did you make of it all? Where do you start? <laughs> it's just well, first of all, the game. It was a fantastic game, wasn't it? Let's look at that, because obviously there's so much happened after the game, after the final whistle, but it was such a dramatic final, wasn't it? Yeah, the game's almost kind of been <laughs> passed as a sideshow, you know, and it's, it's a shame because it was absolutely it's a thrilling game, mainly for the, you know, the, how bad... The two teams defended over the ninety minutes, but that just added to the whole spectacle. Um, and I think I think it's hard to you could, couldn't disagree. I think Hibs were the you know worldly worldly winners in the, in the end. You know you, you couldn't deny them their, their moment in the sun. They got a dream, a dream start, Gareth, didn't they? Were you surprised at that? Were you expecting better from Rangers at that stage in the game? I think I was expecting better from Rangers, but maybe it shows that their inactivity was more important than, than Hibbs' number of games that they had a pack in at the end of the season. Terrible defending at the start, and I think that, that put Rangers on the back foot right from the beginning. The fact they got back into it, I think we all thought sitting there that a 2-1 Rangers were going to go on and win it. Hibbs looked tired, they looked heavy-legged, and I thought they were going to win it. And then there was a change. I thought David Gray led from the front. Michael Stewart said that in his column today. So he led from the front, and in a sense, he uh, he typified the final few minutes when there was that dramatic turnaround, and, and he was uh, finally ended that 114-year wait. You know, having read my stuff column, I, I mentioned in, in it how Rangers, I thought, looked like a team that hadn't played for three weeks, and that, and that certainly in the early part of the game. Is that a big factor, do you think, and is that something which has to be looked at in the years to come? I think the shape of that team, I mean, we saw it last year in Falkirk, and it didn't seem to hamper them. You know, they, they looked really fresh and lively and they had an even longer break than Rangers. I think it was more the shape of the Rangers team. Missing Don Ball seemed to upset yeah. them. You know, the Andy Halliday had to sit, you know, sit in that holding midfield role. So that took away from, you know, what he can do further up the park. They just didn't have any shape, any rhythm. And I think it was more down to the, to the personnel changes than the than the three-week break they had. But as, as Gareth said, you know, when they, when they went 2-1 up, they, they seemed, when they came out after the second half, they seemed to be a lot more cohesive. Uh, they seemed to get it going, they're passing, they were moving. Halliday was getting into you know, the, the final third and he was more effective as we've seen with the second goal. And at that point, Hibs did look as if they were dead on the feet. But fair play, you know, they found a second win from somewhere. And within five minutes, the whole game changed and suddenly Rangers were the ones who looked heavy-legged. They looked dead in their feet and they just couldn't they just couldn't get going and Hibs realised that you know the one way to beat them was just they, they changed the fact to just be more direct, get balls into the box because Rangers just simply can't deal with them. I thought Andy Halliday did get into the final third as Colin said and he scored. But the fact he was in the final third I think summed up what went wrong later on. I think his instincts, even in the deep line midfield role, had to go forward, whereas Don Ball sits. Yeah. And that allows when the two fullbacks go forward. There's a bit of security there that they can. It, it, it was always in. as well, wasn't it? You, you saw Anthony Stokes had the run of Hamden. He had the run of Hamden down that left channel because James Tavernier was high up the park and, and Rob Keelan wouldn't cover for but me. But if Halliday was in there. Yeah, they needed somebody to cover across, but at the same time, I thought they had to have centre halves who saw the danger. And Rob Keelan, right at the first two minutes, three minutes of the game, didn't see the danger, didn't come across, didn't cover, 
And for me, that's one of the big feelings of this Rangers team right now. And for me, it's one of the feelings that we're going to have going into next season. They need defensive players who sense danger. And right now, they don't have them. It's, it's, it's ironic that Rob Keenan's best game of the year came at Hamden against Celtic. I think we all thought yeah. that Celtic would You're expose right. him that day. And he probably played his best game all, all season there. The Rob, the Rob Keenan on Saturday was the Rob Keenan I think we've all grown used to watching this season. Yeah. Anyway, it was Hibs Day, Colin. They won the cup dramatic fashion right right to the death. Did you see that coming towards the end? I mean, you have to give them enormous credit to, to come back again and actually nick it right to the death. I think from the minute Hibs equalised and made it 2-2 and equalised for the second time, it looked as if there was only going to be one winner. winner. Yeah. Rangers just, they were just gone. They just did, they didn't have, a, have an answer. Hibs just got a bit of momentum and I think they realised it. I think the players also realised that this is here for the taking. We can get them pinned back into their own box, and we're going to get chances because, the, 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 as Gareth said, defensively they were all over the shop. Tavernier was every time Stokes ran at him, he looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Keelan's positional sense was absolutely diabolical. They just missed that calming influence of Don Ball. I think it, it highlights how good a player Don Ball yeah. is and what he brings to the team. You just saw when he was missing, and I, I think as, as the clock ticked down, you know there was almost a sense. Of inevitability about what was going to happen every time that ball went into the, the Rangers box and, I, and I, when they got the corner and, it went, and I wasn't surprised when Hibs scored the winner later on. Inevitability that normally is the reverse when Hibs are involved yeah, yeah. normally the goals are coming at the yeah. other end of that, of that time Yeah, Rangers Hibs Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest I mean, unfortunately we need to sit here and we've deliberately spoken about the game first but here we are Monday morning and the topic of conversation over the pieces about what happened after the game such a huge shame, but the fans came over the top, Colin, ruining it for so many others. What was going through your mind when you when you saw what was happening? Just a flashback to the to the nineteen eighties, you know, when everybody's <laughs> yeah, just about. And I mean, the, the it was disgraceful, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, there was people who came on that pitch simply through high spirits, yeah. you know, and exuberance is, is the word that the Hibs uh, officials were putting yeah. out there. But there was sizable number who just as soon as they came on that pitch they made a beeline for the Rangers supporters there was also a sizable number who made a beeline for Rangers players I've seen a number of them being attacked being spat on so you can't put that down to exuberance you know the first thing you know as soon as the whistle's gone I mean they've charged like 100 yards up the pitch they're, at, they're, at, they're behind the Rangers goals now if you were only simply coming on the pitch to celebrate and enjoy the moment why do that you know, and, and that's Hibs should have come out straight away and condemned the fans yeah. That, that did that and I think that's one of Hibs' biggest fails that they didn't do that and they just tried to put it down to exuberance that did not portray them in a good light this should, this should have been their greatest moment and it's it's all went sour and a lot of it is down to their own making because they could have diffused the situation much much better straight after the final whistle Gareth, Gareth for me the scenes were shameful as Colin says Rangers player, players been punched been spat on is absolutely appalling it clearly tarnishes this cup win for Hibs is that the biggest shame of all that those idiots, those morons who come onto the pitch, not the ones who celebrated, the yeah. ones who come onto the pitch and conducted in criminal acts, let's not make any bones about it. That's the real shame about this because the Hibs players, they didn't even get to parade the trophy around, around Hamden Park. I think the fact that you're asking these questions about it now, instead of maybe talking about Alan Stubbs going for Jason Cummings ahead of Keating's playing three at the back, yeah. I think that shows how much it's overshadowed. You know, we, we all turned on the TV on Saturday night people weren't talking about the fact that Alan Stubbs had done such a great job. It was all scenes of shame, horses on the on the pitch. I did think, 
I mean, I agree with every, every single word that Colin said there, but on top of that, the reaction from the police, from the stewarding, yes, you can say they were caught in a way, but they should be ready for that. I mean, it was comic cuts at some well, point. Well, they said if spoke after the game and they said how it was a, the highest level of category game, it, didn't it should have been. It didn't seem no. like that. The no. security was, was inept, wasn't it? I mean, you could almost, again, some people have said that maybe they got caught in a way because it was such a late goal. But these are stewards and management teams who are, who are used to dealing in. Well, we all know football isn't predictable either. So, uh, I mean, m- most of the police arrived 20 minutes too late. They then formed the line across the pitch again, which was too late. You then had these dribs and drabs of uh, further numbers of police arriving and standing behind them. It was all too bad. And, and as well as Hibs being examined, their fans being examined for the, the huge part that they played in this, I think the authorities will have a lot of answers to give on the way they reacted to it. Well, Rangers obviously have released a statement as we're having the paper this morning, last night, late on. They're clearly very unhappy, Colin, about the events and of what unfolded. Can you understand their anger and, and what's brought about this statement from them? Well, I mean, of course you can understand their anger. I mean, virtually every single player on the pitch has, has, has been assaulted. You know, their management team have been attacked. You know, the, the backroom staff, some of the physios and things have been spat on and things. I mean, you, you can understand their anger. I think that what's made them even more incensed is the response that they've had so far from, from the police, from the SFA, from Hibs. Well, the SFA in fairness did condemn them, didn't they? they did, yeah. The SFA, Stuart Reagan, I thought, was pretty quick in coming out and criticising the Hibs fans who did storm the pitch. Is that not fair enough? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a fair point. But I think it's that the police and the stewarding is what's really, really getting Rangers yeah. go because it's like so many things in this country were so reactive rather than being proactive. You know, police insurance should have been prepared for the worst eventuality. Yeah. Of course, nobody seen that come. Nobody was expecting the scenes that, uh, of shame that unfolded at Hamden at the final whistle. But your job is to be prepared for that eventuality. And, and it clearly wasn't the case. There was so many stewards and police on that pitch who were simply out of their depth. There was also the fact Hibs fans are completely to blame for all this, but Rangers Rangers fans contributed to what happened on Saturday. Yes, they reacted. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Acted, but anybody in their right mind would be staying in that stand, looking down at those Hibs fans, letting them get on with their, their goading, but there's, there's been reactions there, there's been Rangers fans going on the pitch, so I don't think they can be totally absolved of blame because they contributed to some of the scenes. Did you say that the starting point will gather those Hibs fans yes, thousands I agree of them with you. can run, I agree can run with you. over the top? I agree with you, but within Rangers' statement, they've also said that it's not a 
maybe it is a justification, but they've said that they were going on to protect their players. Yeah. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think that you leave that to the the right the right people to, to, to deal with that. I don't think they should have been going on the pitch to to if, if that was why they were going on. Then that, that, I don't see that as justification for, for, for fans going on the pitch. Well, what about the image of Scottish football? You're a Welshman living in Scotland, Gareth. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, what, what kind of image does this portray Scottish football in? Because those pictures were going worldwide. People were looking at that game and looking at the scenes after the game and thinking that's what Scottish football is all about. Is that the biggest thing about this? And is that a fair comment on it? Yeah, I mean, uh, like he's written in his column today, you know, contrasting the the scene after the, the cup final down south, how players were able to enjoy it, go on a lap of honour, these kind of things. Hibs players were denied the chance to, to do that with their, their kids and their family. As you say, those pictures are being broadcast around the world. It's the showpiece occasion in Scotland. Today we've got Brendan Rodgers joining Scottish football. So if you like, possibly the eyes were on Scotland even more over, over the weekend. We've got the old firm games back next season. This is now going to drag on potentially for months while there's a police investigation before we even get to the, the stage where the authorities will look as to how they can punish Hibs. Leaves it in a, in a bad light and one which, as you say, I mean, st- standing there seeing it happen, it was like a return to the, to the dark ages. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree when, you, when you're standing there and seeing those, those fans running on, you just wonder where it's going to end up. Well, I'm sure it's going to rumble on anyway for the next few days, if not weeks and months, to be find out our uh, it's resolved. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. Anyway, there was a, a lap of honour at Rugby Park <laughs> uh, on Saturday, Colin, you were there, uh, with your little boy, I think. Come on up, enjoying their playoff victory over Falkirk. Found that slightly uncomfortable. Just narrowly stayed in the division through the, the skin of their teeth and they were about celebrating I'm not too sure about that but they deserved it they were absolutely sensational weren't they against Falkirk in that second leg and, and fully deserved to stay in the league incredible atmosphere as Boyd feeds McGuinness on the right McGuinness back in the Kilmarnock team such an important player attacking Luke Leahy good play by McGuinness there's Kilty it's the opening goal for Kilmarnock an outstanding strike by Greg Kilty it's great attacking play here by Josh McGuinness and the sharpest of finishes I mean, I mean, they were absolutely incredible yesterday. I mean, you wonder why a team who can produce a performance like that finishes at yeah. 11th, you know, in, in, in the first place. But, I mean, give credit to Lee Clark. He got his team selection spot on. He made a couple of changes from the first leg, which worked. Brought in the young boy, Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor at left back. At left back, who I thought was exceptional. It was only second game, which says a lot for him. It certainly does. Josh McKenna's came back into the team, and he... He led from the front. He, he's one. He's a guy you would want to have beside you in the trenches. Just his, his attitude is exemplary, and just that pace and enthusiasm he brought to the team. And they were right at Falkirk from the first whistle. Quick throw taken there by McGuinness to Hudson. Sybil facing two players. This is Hudson with the cross. Breaks off Muirhead. There's Addison. Two 0 to Kilmarnock. Miles Addison is his first ever goal for Kilmarnock. And it could be crucial. It breaks off Muirhead. Falkirk didn't know what, what had hit them. Two goals up within 12 minutes. And, and I thought they totally bossed the game from there on in. Falkirk just looked as if the whole rigours of a demanding season had caught up with them. You know, they just couldn't they couldn't mount any any response whatsoever. And the way Kilmarnock picked them off 
in the second half was really impressive. We Obadiah on one side and McGuinness on the other. No, no, it was a terrific performance for Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock still looking for another goal. This is Obadiah taking on Muirhead. Very quick. It's a great pullback. There's Kilty! Number three for Kilmarnock, and it's Greg Kilty again. That's what it means to Lee Clark. It's great wing play by Obadiah. Kilty's eighth of the season. I must confess, Gareth, I felt slightly sorry for Falkirk. I agree with Colin. I think they've had a tremendous season. I'm a big fan of Peter Houston. I think he's done a, a fantastic job there this season. But did you see that result coming? They got a great late win in the first leg. But did you think they'd be completely overran, overpowered in that second leg? No, I mean, I'd seen seen Kilmarnock a few times this season. And, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I felt for Falkirk yesterday because they've contributed so much to, not just this season, but last season, getting to the cup final. I think Peter Houston's had a great couple of years there so I didn't see I didn't see that coming I thought if you like there was a bit of bit of fortune they've been getting the rubber rubber the green a lot this this year Falkirk uh, with these late goals which which they will say they, they is earned. that fortune though Gareth well, I was just going to say that they will say they've earned that no I mean they will say they've earned that I was out there at the pre-match press conference in the week there and they were talking about how they, they always believe they do this do this mental work this uh, you do some mental work as well <laughs> really you think so? So so yeah. So they do their mental work, and they will say that 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 psychological work has paid off by believing they can go all the way. And so I did feel for them, but they couldn't have any complaints at full time yesterday. Obviously, Kamal Cole staying in the division. I think it's it's a huge result for them in terms of the club going forward. Because I'm not sure how they would have coped in the championship. I think there would have been huge changes there. I say I'm not sure how they would have dealt with that. A break is on here for Kilmarnock. This is Josh McGuinness, a powerful runner. Boyd is up in support. Goes past McCracken. Boyd's in the middle on his own. There's Boyd. All oh, so easy. Superb play by Kilmarnock. Lee Clark appreciates that one too because this surely settles the match for Kilmarnock. Boyd's finish. They're one of our bigger clubs. We want our bigger clubs in the top flight, don't we? Well, most certainly. I think the financial implications if Kilmarnock had gone down would have been catastrophic for the club, for the whole town. It was imperative that they, they stayed up for, for, for their future. So, I mean, that gives some Lee Clark something to build on for for next season. I think there'll be a few players leaving, obviously, and a few coming in. But, yeah, I mean, you need big clubs. And I think Kilmarnock, had they gone down, I think it might have been a long, long time before we, we, we clapped mm. eyes on them again. You know, you look at what happened to Dunfermline. Similar. I think they've only had, you know, very, very similar. Big clubs, similar size town. As soon as... It, they had money, you know, a bit of financial trouble as well, so they just could not get back into the, the top flight. I think they've been in there once in the last ten years, so it's a, you know it's hard to, to just put in it was just how big a result yeah. that was for um, for Kilmarnock in the town yesterday. It'll be interesting to see how Lee Clark does next season. I think he's going to break, make some changes, and I think he has to. I think he has to revamp that squad. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. It's a huge day for Celtic today, Gareth. Brendan Rodgers arrives, four o'clock press conference, the new manager of Celtic. What do we expect from him? That's, for me, it's a big appointment last week when it came out. The news emerged that he was taking over from Ronnie Dyler. It's a real statement of intent for me. Would you go along with that? What, what do you expect from Brendan Rodgers? Yeah, I think I agree it's a statement of intent. I think, and this is no disrespect to, 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 to the appointment, but I think it's the best they could have hoped for in terms of, you've seen the these other names like Roy Keane, Davy Moyes, I, th- I thought they were... I didn't really think they would be getting unveiled today. Would you have thought Brendan Rodgers as well? Did he, did he not come into that same category? Yeah. I don't think he's quite as marquee in terms of box office as those two names. I, do, I mean, he, he's in terms of the trophies he's won. You know, I, I just, I just, 
thought he would he would be the best of of the rest if you like. So that isn't taking anything away from the appointment. I think it's a fantastic. Has Brendan Rodgers not won as much as David Moyes? Yes, but he's not been. Roy Keane. He's he's not been in the he's, he's not as box office a name as these two. I don't think. Well, it looks to me like the Celtic fans are. I'm queuing up to buy tickets. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not taking anything away from the appointment. Seems like you are. Colin, what do you make of it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's not far far off being an A-lister. You know, Celtic made it clear they're looking for a big name when to replace Ronnie Dyler. They've got it in Brendan Rodgers. Also, think they're getting a manager who's got a point to prove. You know, he's still a bit of ill feeling the way he was treated at Liverpool. And, you know, after coming within a Steven Gerrard slip, winning the Premier Premier League down there. So he's he's, he's a hungry manager. You know, he, he's coming here and he has got a point to prove. He's not as if he's been there, done that. He's quite happy. He's ambitious. For anybody, any players, most of the players that you speak to who have played under him speak about very, very highly about how good a manager he is, how good man-manager he is, how meticulous. All those traits that Celtic need. Style of football, he's going to change it up a little bit. You know, Ronnie, it's a rigid style that he, he, he stuck to. And that was proved he's undoing in the end. I think Rogers is going to be much more flexible. Also, interest he's, the fact he's a big name also helps him attract bigger names to yeah. the club. And that's what the Celtic fans are looking. They're looking for marquee signings or something. Well, it's certainly be an interesting press conference today when we get to speak to Brendan Rogers. And I'm sure, as we said earlier on, the coming days will be interesting as we look back on that Scottish Cup final. Thanks very much for listening to the Sunsport podcast today with myself, Robert Grieve, Colin Duncan, and Gareth Law. 